Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your great love for us. And we thank you for how you have shown your love for us in so many ways. And Lord, we think particularly of the way you have shown your love by sending your son to die for us. And we thank you that you have revealed him to us through your word. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you that it still speaks to us today. Lord, as we look at this passage from Isaiah, may it be helpful for us as we live as your servants. May your Holy Spirit's work on our hearts this morning and apply your word to it so that we may serve you all the better as a result of hearing your word preached this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we're all familiar with the concept of pride. And we take pride in many things. We can take pride in good works that we have done. And recently I've started to take more and more pride in my uh, garden. Well, not so much my garden, just my mowing of the lawn. Because I neglect gardening so much, when I mow the lawn and I look at it afterwards, I go, doesn't that look good? And I take pride in my freshly mowed lawn. And then, of course, when I go around and look at other people's lawns, I think that my lawn is much better than their lawn because I see how it has been neglected and they've got weeds growing up very high. Yesterday, even yesterday, we were driving uh, somewhere and I saw this grass on the side of the road that was, you know, up to your waist high. And I thought, my lawn doesn't look anything like that. My lawn is much better. I take pride in my lawn. But we can also take pride in not just uh, good works that we've done, but also in our bad works. And a good example of this was made apparent to me just uh, this week. When I got home from, from work, I went into the house and Joshua, my son, his 18 months, was there to greet me and he came up to me and showed me a toy and I said, oh yes, very nice. And then he pulled me over to his toy tub and then pointed out two DVDs that were in his toy tub and said, look, 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 and made little noises of, you know, isn't this exciting? And he knows very clearly he's not supposed to touch the DVDs on the shelf and he's definitely not meant to pick them up and he's definitely not meant to take them over and put them in his toy tub. But he was proud of what he had done. And so he looked up at me and, of course, I had to discipline him, say, no, you can't do this. And uh, But he was proud of his sinful action there. We take pride in many things. But pride isn't a new phenomenon. Pride is an old thing. Pride has been around for centuries And what we're going to look at this morning, to begin with, as we look at God's word together, we're going to look at the pride of these Jewish women. The Jewish women, described in Isaiah chapter 3 from verse 16 through to verse uh, 1 of chapter 4, are proud. They are haughty. And that's my first main point this morning. I've got... Uh, my main points on the back of the church bulletin there if you want to follow along. And I encourage you to open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 3, which is page 678 of the Black Church Bibles. Isaiah chapter 3, and we'll be looking from verse 16 down to verse 1 of chapter 4. And my first main point is that the Jewish women are haughty. The Jewish women are proud. And how do we know this? Well, firstly, it says that they're in the text. Verse 16 of Isaiah chapter 3. The Lord says, the women of Zion are haughty. They are haughty women. They are proud. And we can see that they're proud by the way that they act as well. Verse 16 continues, talking about them, describing them in their, in their pride. Walking along with outstretched necks, sort of putting their noses in the air that I'm better than other people. 
flirting with their eyes. I think we're all very familiar with what it means to flirt, and these women uh, knew what it was to flirt with their eyes. And how does flirt show pride? Flirting show pride? Well, of course, it's the the women who are very self-confident and proud of their looks uh, that, of course, are the ones that flirt the most, aren't they? Because they're very uh, self-confident. The ones that aren't so confident, they aren't the ones that flirt as much. So these women are showing that they're proud by their flirting with their eyes. They're tripping along with mincing steps. Mincing, what does that mean? It means sort of dainty steps. So they're tripping along, doing, taking little steps, and with ornaments jingling on their ankles as they walk. They're showing their pride in the way they walk. They're saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. Aren't I dainty? Aren't I nice? And flirting with their eyes. They're proud women here in Zion. But why are they proud? Are they proud of mowing the lawn? Are they proud of putting DVDs in the toy basket? No, they're proud, firstly, of their wealth, of what they own. And we know that they're proud of what they own because in verse 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 and 23, we have a list of all the things that they own and God's going to snatch them away. And the reason uh, we know that they like them so much is because God is going to take them. If God was just going to take something ordinary, uh, it wouldn't be such a problem. But we know they love their finery, their, their possessions here. And we've got a full list there. Verse 18, In that day the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses, ankle chains and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings, the fine robes and capes and cloaks and purses and mirrors and linen garments and tiaras and shawls. A full list of 21 items of what they own what their wealth represents, and they're proud of these things. These are all showy things to show off how wealthy they are, and they're taking pride in those things. Is that the only thing they're taking pride in? Is their wealth, all their jewellery and finery here? No, they're also taking pride in their looks, aren't they? How do we know that they're taking pride in their looks? Well, it describes... uh, The things that will be taken away uh, will be their fine hair. Verse 17, Therefore the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald, taking away their hair, which they take so much pride in. And uh, in verse 24, it also talks about instead of a fragrance, there will be a stench. So, of course, they smell nice women. They're taking pride in their bodies here. And their hair, in verse 24, it says, Instead of well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of beauty, the last line of verse 24, instead of beauty branding, they're taking pride in how they look in their physical bodies. They think they look pretty sharp. They're fit and they know it. They want to show off who they are and they're proud of their bodies. Now, is there a problem with being wealthy and being good-looking, having a nice, nice hair, smelling nice, being beautiful? Is that the problem of these women, that they shouldn't be wealthy and they shouldn't be good-looking? Well, no. These are blessings from God. Wealth and prosperity are from God. And same with good-looking bodies and having a physical body that's tip-top is a good thing. That's from God. It's a blessing from him. It's when you take pride in it that it's wrong. Why is pride in wealth and a good body wrong? Because when you're proud of something... It shows that you're trusting in that thing to give you strength. And that's what these women are doing. They're taking pride in their wealth and their good looks to give them security. They're trusting in those things. How are they trusting in them? 
Well, as they show off their wealth and they show off their good looks, that then, of course, attracts men, doesn't it? And in this society, it wasn't so easy to get along on your own. And so what you needed was a man. You needed a husband if you were going to have any sort of significant life and be secure and be protected from other people in the community. And so they show off to try and get that security that they need. They want that security. And so what are they trusting in? They're trusting in their wealth and in their good looks. And that is wrong. Why is it wrong? Because they can be taken away. My second main point is that the Jewish women lose their haughtiness. They're haughty, but then they lose their haughtiness. How do we know that their haughtiness is gone, that their pride is gone? Well, we see it in verse 26. The gates of Zion, remember these daughters of Zion, living there in the gates, flirting there, mincing steps around the place. The gates of Zion will lament and mourn. Their pride turns to lamentation and mourning. Destitute, she will sit on the ground. She's no longer tripping along with mincing steps. She's sitting in the dust, not on a chair, in the dust, on the ground. And then she gets desperate there. Verse 1 of chapter 4. In that day, seven women will take hold of one man and say, We will eat our own food and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our disgrace. They're no longer trying to flirt with men to get them to come. They're just calling out in desperation, hanging on to the one man that's there and saying, You don't have to provide. We'll eat our own food. We'll have our own clothing. We'll provide our own clothes. Just let us be called by your name. Put your protection over us and take away our disgrace. We're no longer proud. We've got disgrace instead. And why is this? Why are they changed so much? Why are they mourning now instead of being proud? Well, war has come. Verse 25. Your men will fall by the sword. Your warriors in battle. It's all well and good to trip around with mincing steps before. But now the men that were meant to protect them have fallen in battle. The men are gone, the warriors, the war veterans, they've all died. And so what has happened? They've lost those things that they were proud of. What were they proud in? Wealth and their looks. And what has happened to their wealth? Verse 18, in that day the Lord will snatch away their finery. It's all gone. The bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses, ankle chains and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings, the fine robes, capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors, and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls, they're all gone. They no longer have that wealth that they had before. And their beauty, what has happened to that? Their good looks? Verse 17. Therefore the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. Their fine hair has turned to sores and baldness. The other way of translating that last line of verse 17, the Lord will make their scalps bald, would be uh, that basically their, their nakedness have been shown, their secret parts have been exposed. And so it's probably an allusion there to, to rape or as to they've been exposed. They've really been disgraced in every way. And then it describes more of what's happened to their, to their lovely looks in verse 24, 25, uh, verse 24. Instead of fragrance, there'll be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. A rope is around their neck now as they're being led into slavery. Instead of well-dressed hair, 
baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. They've been branded as slaves. And sometimes the branding was done in the forehead of the woman. And so it was a permanent scar on her face that, of course, meant her beauty was lost. As people would look at her, they'd see the branding all the time and recognise she was a slave and not the beautiful person that she was previously. And so we see that they have nothing to be proud of anymore. Their pride has been taken away because their wealth and their good looks have been taken away. And they've been shown that those wealth, that wealth and those good looks weren't to be trusted in because they can be taken away all too easily. That security that they trusted in, that security of having lots of wealth and attracting a man, has all been removed and shown to be untrustworthy. But is it only the Jewish women that are haughty? Well, no. My third main point this morning is that you are haughty as well. Everyone in this room, including myself, has a problem with haughtiness, with pride. How do you know that you have a problem with pride? Well, by the way you act. You can see the pride coming out in your life. The way you look down upon others and think that you're better than them. The way that you aren't concerned really about other people and hearing about them and their lives and their problems and trying to help them. You're just self-centred and all the time saying, look at me, look at me. And we all struggle with that. We are all haughty people. And what is the source of our pride? Well, often it's the same things that these women struggled with. Wealth and our physical bodies. We take pride in our wealth. We have a better car than someone else. We have more money than someone else. We have better clothes than other people, better jewellery than other people. And we trust in those things for our security. And we take pride in our bodies as well. Maybe not in the same way as these women take pride in their bodies, their good looks, their beauty. But we can take pride in our hair. I've got a better haircut than so and so. My skin is better. And particularly, that's one of the problems with young people. We take pride in our bodies that we're young and we look better than the elderly because we don't have as many wrinkles. We think that we are better because of our looks and our age. We take pride even in our race. Our bodies that have been given to us when we're born, we think, I'm a better person because I'm an Australian. Or I'm a better person because I'm from another country that is very wealthy. We take pride in our physical bodies and we take pride in our physical strength. My security, my security is in my body. I can solve my problems, whether it be physical problems that I need to, you know, punch someone out as they attack me. I'm going to be okay because I'm strong or whether it's your intellectual ability, I'll be okay because I can think properly and I can earn a wage no matter what happens. I'll be okay because my brain is going to get me out of problems. We take pride in our bodies, our physical bodies, in the same way that these women do. Now, is that a problem? Is it a problem to have wealth as a Christian? Is it a problem to have a nice physical body? No, they're blessings from God. It's when we take pride in them that there's a problem. Because what does pride show? It shows what we trust. And when we take pride in our wealth and pride in our bodies, we're showing that we're trusting them for our security. And why is that bad? It's because 
that security can, can be easily taken away. It's untrustworthy. And we will lose our pride and haughtiness in such things. And that's my fourth main point this morning. You will lose your haughtiness one day, your pride one day. Your source of pride will be taken away. Your wealth will be taken away. It could be taken away while you're still alive, but it will definitely be taken away when you die. When you're in the grave, all that you owned and thought you owned, you'll suddenly realize that it was all just borrowed. You were just looking after it for a time because now somebody else has it. Your wealth that you took pride in for security is all snatched away. And that body that you trusted in, in this lifetime, it will erode gradually the longer you live and your body that you take pride in will no longer be a body that you can take so much pride in. The same things that, the things that you used to take pride in in your body, your strong arms that could solve your problems for you, are taken away. They start to decay and erode. You can't do what you used to. And then eventually when you're in the grave, what happens? You might have smelt nice all your lifetime, but that fragrance turns to a stench. Just like these women in Zion, their fragrance turned to a stench. Nice soft skin eventually just erodes and there's just a skeleton there. And eventually that skeleton erodes and is no longer either. Your body will be taken away and then your very soul will be humbled before God. Your haughtiness and your wealth and your pride is taken away and you will be before God's throne and he will judge you and you can't produce any amount of money and you can't produce your own body and say, I can take you on, God. You need to let me into your heaven because I'm a strong, fit person. No, you are standing there and you are humbled before him because you've got nothing to offer. So what are you to do? You can't trust in your wealth. You can't trust in your body. What are you to do? What can you trust in? Is there anything you can trust in? Well, there is something that you can trust in for eternal security. You can go after one man like these women. What does it say? Verse 1 of chapter 4. In that day, seven women will take hold of one man. There is one man that can give you eternal security. And that's my fifth main point this morning. Flee to the man, Jesus Christ. Trust not in your wealth. Trust not in your physical body. Trust in Jesus. He is the only one who can give you what these women and what you want, security. And he can give you these things. He can give you wealth. He can give you food. He can give you clothing, robes of righteousness that last forever. He can give you food that lasts forever and wealth that lasts forever. And he can do these things that these women beg this one man for. What do they beg him for? We will eat our own food and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Put your name of protection on us. And that's what Christ does. He puts his name on you. You are no longer a non-Christian. You are a Christian. You are labelled with Christ's name. And so you are protected. And what else does he do? What do they want? Last line. Take away our disgrace. Take away our poverty. Take away our sinfulness. And Christ can do that. He can do it. He is the only one that can. Everything else that you take pride in will fail. The only thing that can provide eternal security is Jesus Christ. Now, how do you take hold of Jesus? 
like these women, no, they're actually latching on to a man physically there. How do you take hold of Jesus? How do you receive Jesus Christ and his offer? Is it by not taking so much pride in things, some good works of being a little bit more humble around the place? No. The only way you can take hold of Jesus is to repent of your sinfulness and your pride. Admit to him that you have been wrong all your life in taking pride in other things and believe in his death for yourself. Say sorry to God and believe that Jesus at the cross pays for the sin of your pride. All those times that you trusted in something else are put over to his account and he takes the punishment for that pride. And so when you come before that throne where you are naked and helpless, no no physical body to get past the throne, no wealth to get past the throne, you can then plead a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why should I let you into my heaven, God will ask? And you'll say, because I repented and believed in Jesus Christ. And so I am eternally secure. I now bear his name. My disgrace was removed and I can go in to heaven and you will be permitted in. And then once you've repented and believed, what else should you do? Well, do take pride, not in those things you used to take pride in, but take pride in Jesus Christ. What does Paul say at the end of Galatians? May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. How wonderful my God is. When we take pride in something, we're showing that we're trusting that. Take pride in Jesus Christ. Kill pride in all the other things in your life. If you become a Christian, you will still want to take pride in things that you shouldn't be taking pride in. You've got to kill those those temptations to take pride in those things and turn them around and say, what am I proud of? I'm proud of my saviour, Jesus Christ, and what he did at the cross. Do you recognise your haughtiness and your pride in the wealth that you have and in the body that you have? Do you realise that you're trusting in something that is completely untrustworthy and one day you will lose it altogether? Have you repented of your pride? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ to take away your disgrace and all your proud thoughts for the many years that you have lived? And is the only thing you are proud of Jesus Christ and his death at the cross for you? Take pride in that. If you're going to boast in anything, boast in Jesus Christ. Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and repent of our proudness. How proud we have been in so many things that we should never have been proud of. Lord, we have been proud of our wealth We have been proud of our bodies because we think that they will give us security. But Lord, you have revealed to us that they do not give security. And we see it again and again. If we just open our eyes and look around us, people lose everything. Every day, people are dying and leaving behind their wealth and their bodies. 
Lord, help us not to trust in wealth and ourselves, but to trust in the one man that can give us eternal security, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have offered him for us, that you did not leave us in our proud states and then send us to hell. But you loved us so much that you sent Jesus so that if we repent of our sinfulness and believe in him, we will be saved. Lord, we do pray that everyone in this room has repented of their sinfulness and trusted in Jesus Christ and does not stand on anything but him, does not stand on their own works, does not stand on their body, does not stand on their wealth, but stands upon Jesus Christ. May the people of Moines Baptist be known to be boasters, but boasters of one thing and one thing only, the death of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen.